At the beach, I saw the lacy standing, looking out at the water, casting her thoughts to float freely. She was crying, and I knew why. She was surprised by a woman she met at my home when she arrived this morning. I had to handle this righteously and honest. For better or worse, I did love her. Delacy? Why are you here? Don't you have something better to be doing? In your letter, you said it was best we stay away from each other. How was I to know that you'd be coming by? A moment of weakness on my part. Why does everything have to be judged by who's strong or who's weak? Why can't you just say that you're hurt if you're hurt? I'm married. You're in bondage. You want me to hate you? Is that what you want? Because I can do it. It would be easy right now. You're so good at writing your emotions, but horrible at showing them. And this isn't emotion? Let's calm down here. I came because I was scared. Lizzie is not herself. She's possessed by something dreadful and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. You'll be strong like you always are. Tomorrow, this will all be over, one way or another. I started off to leave her there. Then she stopped me again. The woman. Do you love her? There's only one woman I love. I left her there, hoping she felt a little better. Loving someone who's married is dangerous, but the rules were set long before Cortland Belson came along. Now I'm not trying to justify my actions, but any man who is not me, I will probably always feel like he's wrong for her. That evening, I summoned all those involved in the case of Jessica Claiborne to my home. Myself, Chief Lusk, Officer Hardwick, Dr. Kilgore, and Jefferson Tarley. I thought it was time that we shared our thoughts and prepared to finish this once and for all. We all know one another. So let's start with what we know. We know that we have two deaths. Make that three, Chief. Zulu Man's death was a result of the first, and we all know it. We know that Lizzie is not consciously in control, and that this Lydia is inside. That's who's in charge. We know that Zulu Man gave us this blade, which only Blackstone can stop Lizzie with it. I'm not going to be killing a young girl, Hardwick. Since we are talking about spirits here, perhaps Lizzie is not the one you have to kill. Explain, Mr. Tully. If 
there is uh, a way that Josephia could touch Lydia with this uh, blade, she may end up where she belongs. Blackstone cannot physically take the blade into the vision with the him. Markings on the blade are symbols of some sort of ritual. They allow for this artifact to cross over into this, uh, what will we call the netherworld. And you know this how. I am fluent in 14 languages, 20 symbolic languages, specializing in Egyptian and Greek. I'm beginning to like this guy. That still doesn't answer the question to who is behind this. At first, I thought it was the Orphidus that was behind all this. But he's just a prisoner himself. The Orphidus? The Orphidus is a magical creature said to take the souls of aborted children into the spirit world. But it seems someone has rendered him powerless. As a doctor, I'm very intrigued. But whoever they are, they're quite clever to hide themselves. But what is all this for? Suddenly, the judge entered, just in time to answer. It's all about revenge, Dr. Kilgore. Judge? Sorry for the dramatic entrance, but your front door was unlocked, Blackstone. I believe that a group called The Wake is rising again. The Wake? Uh, the Wake is actually a group of vultures huddled together, quite like a flock of seagulls or a murder of crows. Thank you, Mr. Tolly. The Wake, as they are called, included three women, three men, and a head necromancer, who could be a woman or a man. A necromancer? You mean like a witch? In order to return, they need the blood of a 13-year-old girl. Related to the original coven. Why does she have to be 13 years old? Shall I answer again? I hate to be the one to interrupt, but the dark arts work in the realm of numbers. Numbers 3, 6, 9, 13, 33, and 306. You get my meaning. The blood is for a sacrifice of some sort. But to what end is this all being done for? That is what I'm going to find out. But first we have to get a hold of Zulu Man's ashes. The coroner, Dr. Jagan, should have them. I can get a hold of those, Blackstone. With your ability, Blackstone, once you bathe in the ashes of Zulu Man's ashes, I mean, you will see all that he has seen, just as you do when you touch someone's skin. Good. Then that's how we'll catch our villain. As Tali, Hardwick and the doctor spoke alone. I saw the judge and the chief talking alone as well. The chief seemed bothered. This made me wonder what they were talking about. You said this was about revenge. Who wants revenge, judge? Now is not the time, chief. Oh, but it is. Who wants revenge? I told you about that girl Elizabeth Sparks being hung from the gallows. You said she was innocent of witchcraft and you regretted your actions by letting her hang. I did say that. But she truly was a witch. She was the last member of the wake. 
So you only really regret it because you left her children orphaned. Damn it, Chief. The people were scared. They wanted something to be done. So I did it. You knew Jessica Claiborne no, was Chief, one of her children. This is not where we should be talking about this. Evidence. You knew she was a child Chief, listen of to me. Elizabeth Fox. And you knew that this could be happening. Is there something wrong, gentlemen? No. Just a difference of opinion on how to proceed. We already have a plan. Tonight, we'll have the answers we're looking for. Good. The time had come. We set up our little experiment in the home of the Claibornes. It was me, Dr. Kilgore, Officer Hardwick, and Jefferson Tarley. We filled the bathtub with water, lining the bottom with salt. Dr. Kilgore had gotten the ashes of Zulu man from the coroner, standing with a curious eye to this supernatural experience that I was about to endure. Black stone, a loincloth, would have done well at least. Hmm? Are you jealous, Doctor? I stepped inside the bathwater and laid back. Hardwood had lit several candles to keep the room just bright enough. All right, I'm going to start putting the ashes in the water, Blackstone. Once all the ashes are inside, we should uh, step back. I don't feel anything yet. Wait. I go, me die. From time past, I journeyed back when men, women, and children were captured from their homes. They were loaded on boats, stacked like rats to be sure there's plenty of profit. Over thunderous seas they traveled to be sold like cattle and become beasts of burden for men. But in one of these many boats was a warrior soul who had been stripped of everything even his kingship. He once held the great name of Shaka, but was now branded with the name Claiborne. He was beaten with into submission. Shaka would now reach into the spirit gods to survive. Then, some years later, after many wars and fights, and many slaves were freed, Claiborne Master called upon Chaka, who now goes by the name of Zulu Man. Zulu Man! Zulu Man, I need you! I will not help you, Claiborne. Sometimes the child is meant to die. If you come, if you help me and my wife and my child be born, I will share my fortune with you. Get out, Claiborne. I know you have the power of a tribal medicine man. Please help me. Get out, 
In the darkness of Zulu Man's home, a shadowy figure speaks. The moon is righteous for us. His wife has two children in her, but only one will live. The special one. You will go and help them, and you will call upon the orphanage. I will not do this to them. If not, the rest of your Zulu tribe will not survive another day. So be it. Mr. Marley, be careful. She comes for you. For me? Be careful. I see the same shadowy figure standing in the doorway of Zulu Man's home. The crowd is coming for you, Zulu Man. Why should they come for me? I've done nothing. You are trying to ruin my plans. Plans that I've taken years to bring together. Why are you doing this? The wake shall return, and we shall have our revenge on this city, and all who lives here shall perish. This will be the suffering of New Amsterdam, the suffering it deserves for what it did. The figure steps out of the shadows and kisses the woman on the face. In that moment, he sees the most terrifying horrors he's ever seen in his life. No! I cannot do this! As the figure walks out of the door, the light finally touches their face, revealing who they are. For the first time, now I can see who is behind this. You? You have done this? How could you? She walks out of the door. No. And as no. she strolls without fear through the many this people running in anger towards Zulu Man's holies, she smiles an evil smile. He's the one who killed Mrs. Claymore. Kill him! Kill him! No. I did nothing. I did nothing. Tell them, Blasto. Tell them I did nothing. Vengeance will not be yours. It will be mine. Get me out. Get me out. Get me out. No. 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 Josephia. No, 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 no. Don't touch him. I back to a corner of the room, trying to get my senses as the watered down drips of ash came off my melanin skin. Blackstone, are you all right? Oh, God. What, what did you see? 
I saw the truth. I saw the truth. Next week, the finale of Tales of the Great Condor. Special thanks to the Tyler Jenkins Foundation, the Moultrie Foundation, and listeners like you. Thank you.